2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. It is what we read at seminary graduation. It is the charge that Paul gave Timothy. And every preacher, every pastor is under this mandate. This is our marching orders. If you were to put into a synopsis, this is it. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ear from the truth, and shall be turned unto, the, unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the, depart, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. There are three mandates. There are three parts to this section of verses. There is the timing of the word of God. The word of God is to be preached when it's instant, in season. This means that it is to be present. It is to be available when it's convenient. There are many times that the word of God is convenient. There's many times when the Word of God goes with your Christian life and goes with my Christian life, but then it says that I am also in the same to be instant in season, and then I'm supposed to be instant out of season. This is when the Word of God goes contrary to your life and contrary to your mode of operation. Out of season is when it's not seasonable. Out of season is when you're wearing a winter coat in the middle of July. That's out of season. And sometimes people will look and say, why? I don't understand. It's called out of season. So I am to preach the word. I am to be instant in season. I am to be instant out of season. And then it says here, the tenets of what I am to preach. I am to preach reproving and rebuking. All sermons are to tell what is not right. And then to tell who is not right. This is reproving and this is rebuking. Then I am totally to be at the mercy of the tenor of the words. The tenor of the words absolutely come down to how do I do this? How do I preach this word instant, in season, out of season? How do I do this when it's convenient for everybody listening and then when it's not convenient? I am to do it with this kind of attitude. Look at it. I am to do this with all long-suffering and doctrine. I am to have a disposition that I am to bear patiently whatever is out of season in your life. I cannot at any time preach the word expecting for there to be a head-on collision at the moment of the word. It is, here's the word. It's not convenient maybe for your life. It's not convenient for what you have going on. But I am to do this with a disposition that I am to bear patiently 
any shortcoming. And then I'm to do it with doctrine. I am to speak the word in the mode of education, and that is where it's supposed to be. I, I am not to preach the word in season or out of season for the sake of getting something off my chest. I am to preach the word, and every preacher is to preach the word with the end result being very, very simple. Let me teach you what the word of God says, and if it happens to fit in season with your life or out of season with your life, you and I are to adjust to what the word says. Tonight I'm going to be out of season for many of you. Tonight it's going to be very uncomfortable for many of you. Some of you, sadly a remnant of you, you will be amening in your heart, but I doubt you'll say anything publicly for the sake of just let the word speak for itself. Here's a very bold statement. A believer is only as close to God as they are right on the subject I'm going to preach about tonight. Please know this. You are only as close to God as you are right on this subject tonight. Go to Joshua chapter 6. That was the precursor. That was the salad. That was the salad and the dessert. Now let's get into the main course. Joshua chapter 6, if I could take you through the timeline, we've just come off a change of leadership. We've just broke into the book of Joshua. We know that God is leading them to the land that God has promised them, and he promised their fathers and their forefathers when they came out of Egypt. Now they're actually crossed Jordan. They actually are in chapter 6, verse 1, famous story. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant. And let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, encompass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass that when Joshua had spoken unto the people, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord, and blew with the trumpets, the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went uh, before the priests and blew with the trumpets, and the re, and the re reward uh, ward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning. And the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually. 
and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the re-reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day, they compassed the city once, returning into the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day, encompassed the city about the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. That's very interesting. It says that this city shall be accursed to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from the, what please? Accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. Please notice in our text that the city of Jericho was called the accursed city to the Lord. It was told us that inside this city are the accursed thing. And if you take of the accursed thing, Joshua is telling them, that you will make yourself accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it, but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. This is a very interesting story because corporately they won a huge battle. But individually a family lost their future. They lost their future because they did not realize that the city of Jericho was deemed the accursed city. It was deemed that this Jericho, this city of walls, this city on that side of Jordan that's an accursed city, and that city's accursed to the Lord. Interesting language here. And that everything in the city is accursed, and if you take anything from that city, you will be accursed, and you will bring a curse. Here we have these terminologies that is all of a sudden t- taking me and making me believe that God doesn't want his people touching this city. It's very interesting that the very first city. I want you to understand what I just said. The very first city into a land they didn't have to work for. The very first city into a land with houses they didn't have to build. A very first city into a land with wells they did not have to dig. Vineyards they did not have to plant. The spies went in 40 years earlier and they came out with grapes That's a land flowing with milk and honey. And that land flowing with milk and honey, that is God's land for you. And you won't have to do anything. It's already flowing and you don't have to plant the vineyards. They did that. You just get to take the grapes. But when they came across, Joshua was very clear that this is the accursed city. This is to the Lord. It was the first city. God didn't say the second city, Ai, was a curse. He said that first city is accursed. I find it very interesting 
that when you look up the word accursed, if you'll now make your way to Leviticus chapter 27. It is the other side of the nickel, if I could put it that way. It is the other side of the coin. Same coin. On this side is called accursed. But on this side, there's a very interesting word in Leviticus 27, 28. Notwithstanding, no devoted thing. Would you please say that word that starts with the D out loud? Are you ready? Notwithstanding, no what, please? Devoted thing. That a man shall devote unto the Lord of all that he hath, both of man and of beast and of the field of his possessions, shall be sold or redeemed. Every, what please, devoted thing is most holy unto the Lord. None devoted. Which shall be devoted of men shall be redeemed, but shall surely, but shall surely be put to death. Look at verse 30. And all the what please? I want every believer to take note of that word right there. And all the what? I'm going to get out of season in some of your lives right now. What does that say? Tithe. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the what, please? It is what? Unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his what? He shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd. Y'all, it's okay to say it. It's, it's there. And concerning the what? Of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the what? Tenth shall be what? Holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be, you know what he's saying? Don't make a switch. Don't walk down the line and say, well, you know, I'll keep that good one and I'll give that inferior one to the Lord. You know what the Lord just said? You just gave me both of them. Look at verse 34. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. One coin, on one side is the word devoted, and on the other side is the word accursed. Newsflash, it all depends what you do with what is his, whether it is devoted or accursed. I'm standing before you as your pastor and letting you know that tithing is in the Bible. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting in this auditorium or if you're listening to this by way of podcast or by way of archive. There are two sides to the coin of something that is the Lord. There is the accursed thing from the accursed city that will make you accursed and make everything you touch accursed. Or there is the devoted thing from the devoted city. And there, we've got to get back to a healthy, holy respect for the Jerichos that exist in our life and realize 
That Jericho is non-negotiable, and that Jericho belongs to the Lord. And what you do with that Jericho may bring about corporate victory at first, but it will ultimately end in family demise in the last. Jericho was the first city. Jericho was the first fruits of a land God gave them. Some of you are working and earning an accursed thing, and you never, and you kind of wonder, why is this always happening to me? Why can't I get ahead? Could it be that you've taken the Jericho part of the land God has given you, and you have buried it in the tent of your pleasure, not realizing you're winning the victory on your W-2, but you're losing the battle with your God. Jericho was the first city. Jericho was the accursed city because of what Achan did with that city. Jericho was the devoted city to God. You are either living with your finances on the devoted side of blessing or you're living on the accursed side with God. My brothers and sisters, there is no middle ground. None. If you are very uncomfortable right now because you know what you have not given, then I'm out of season in your life. I come to you as your pastor. I come to you having done inventory of all of your giving. And I'm here to tell you that I stand before you a man that gets on my knees and I weep for your mere existence. If this costs me you as a member, then so be it. If you feel like I should not be doing that, so be it. But we need God's blessings as a church. Repentance is the cry of the night. I don't know why all of a sudden God woke me up and said, Bob, you need my favor. Emmanuel Baptist needs my favor. Go and check the giving. And I did. And I will tell you this, that there are some members that believe that the Jericho part of their earnings is devoted and holy. Thank you. Thank you. I am humbled. When I look at the top 15 to 20 percent of our church's giving, and in that top 15 to 20 percent is a widow, in that top 15, 20 percent are people on their deathbed right now. And I think to myself, they get it. They get it. They understand that all the good land God has given us is because of Him. Why would I not take the time to march seven times around this city and understand that this first city belongs to God? Six statements, then we're done. Number one, God has given you the health to make wealth. 
I want you right now to think about your giving. I want you right now to think about where you're at. You say, Pastor, what are you after? I'm after God's blessings upon you. Because there's two sides of this coin. Either you wake up tomorrow morning going to work, and you are on that side of the accursed thing, or you're on that side of the devoted thing. It all depends what you've done with the 10% and the tithe of your check. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17, and let me give you some verses that go along with the six statements. I know I'm out of season in your life right now, and I know that right now you, some of you want to crawl into a hole. That is not my, that's, not, that's not what my goal. My goal, though, would be this. I'm not a good pastor if I don't stand up and call it like it is and tell it like it is and just say, this is where we're at. I do not believe we should be behind in our giving. I do not believe we should be at the, we should be behind in our missions giving. I do not believe that God has sent us the resources only for us not to have the resources. I do believe this. I am not interested in you writing a check tonight. I am interested in God's favor and me doing what I need to do as pastor and stand up and say this, God, I have done your bidding and I've done what you wanted me to do and now it must fall at the feet. Deuteronomy 8, 17, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. Would you read it out loud? Verse 18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Who gives you the power to wake up in the morning? God. Who gives you the know-how, how to put your hand to the plow? God. Who gave you that skill? God. Who gave you that craft and that art and that intellect? God. And for you not to give him Jericho means that you split Jordan. You made the walls fall down. And that you have a right. It's a scary thing when you take the accursed thing. God gave you the health to make wealth. This Thanksgiving day, you better thank God. If you're part of that, 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 that group of believers that you don't tithe, your very first Thanksgiving ought to be, God, thank you that your mercy has endured this far. The second thing I want to tell you is this. The tithe of your wealth is holy unto the Lord. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Go back, if you will. Leviticus chapter 27. The Spirit's telling me right now that I probably don't need to dig further than these points because I think we got it. Musicians, if you'll come. The tithe of your wealth is holy unto the Lord. Leviticus 27.30, and all the tithe of the land. Drop down to the very last. It is what, please? Holy. Holy. Please do not walk up and hug my wife, sir. She's holy unto me. Please, gentlemen, do not walk up and hug my daughter because my daughter is holy unto her husband. Don't take liberties with my daughter-in-law because she is holy 
unto my son. And God looks at the power he gives you, and he looks at that tenth, and he says, that's holy to me. But yet we take it and use it on pleasure. And we bury it in the tent of our life and sit on top of it. And then we have the gall to gripe and complain about the things around us. Could it be that you can't win the victory in a whole, with a holy life because you're on the accursed side of the coin? Third thing, taking the accursed thing is a result of a covetous heart. Look at Joshua chapter 7. When Achan finally is brought to terms with his thievery, his robbing. Look what he says here in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 20. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested in the thus and thus of how one gets there. But look at verse 21. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylon garment, so he starts to explain it. There's a phrase in there that says this, then I coveted them. You see, the reason he took them is because he coveted them. Go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 20. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 20. And he said, that which cometh out of man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts. Verse 22, what's the next word, please? Covetousness. I'm sorry, what did I say, Matthew? Please forgive me, Mark 7. I'll give you time to flip a book. Boy, that was out of season, wasn't it? Mark chapter 7, verse 20, 21, 22. That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, what? Covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these things. All these evil things. All these evil things. You know what God's telling us? This that is in the heart that have these kissing cousins is what Achan had in his heart. Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation, that's not yak yak. That's not talk talk. That's your walk. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be what? Content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let me tell you. Contentment should be that we have Jesus, and if we have to steal from the accursed, devoted thing of God, and that brings us more contentment, then we have it all wrong. 
We must look at what we give the Lord and say, I'm content with what I have. Because what I would gain by taking the accursed thing will never help me during times of trial. He's the only one that will help me. God has given you the health to make wealth. The tithe of your wealth is holy unto the Lord. Taking the accursed thing is a result of a covetous heart. Number four, giving the devoted thing is a result of an honoring heart. Go to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. And I want to say thank you to those of you that by your tithe and your offerings, you have demonstrated God's blessings upon your life. Look what it says here, giving the devoted thing. Trust in the Lord, verse 5, with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. Honor the Lord. When you and I come to our Jericho of our paycheck, we come to the Jericho of the extra blessings that come our way, and at that Jericho, you take that Jericho, and you give that Jericho to the Lord. Then the Lord says, you've honored me, and because you've honored me, I will make sure your barns are filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst out with new wine. This is giving the devoted thing. The fifth thing I want to tell you as you go to Malachi chapter 3, that taking the accursed thing will cause Satan and loss to be part of your life. Taking the accursed thing. Young people, don't take a sermon like this too lightly. Because if you have a job, you have a Jericho. Did you hear that? If you have a job, you have a Jericho. If you get money for your birthday, you've got a Jericho. Will a man rob God? Matthew 3, 8. Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. Ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Look at verse 11. When somebody does give, look what he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. When you take the accursed thing, Satan becomes your devourer and he'll devour your ground. And then look at Joshua chapter 7 and verse 1 if you go back there. Whenever you take the accursed thing, it's the flip side of a coin of what you do with it. Jericho became the accursed thing because of what Achan did with it. But Jericho could have become the devoted thing. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, took of the accursed thing, further on the verse, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And the men of Ai smote of them. This is verse number 5. They now lose the battle of Ai. We know it. Look at the very last part. Wherefore the heart of the people, what? Melted and became as water. 
I said, first of all, God hath given you the health to make wealth. I gave you verses. The tithe of your wealth is holy unto the Lord. I gave you verses. Taking the accursed thing is a result of a covetous heart. I gave you verses. Giving the devoted thing is a result of an honoring heart. I gave you verses. Taking of the accursed thing will cause Satan and loss to be part of your life. I gave you verses. The last thing. Giving of the devoted thing. Go back to Malachi chapter 3. Giving of the devoted thing causes God and blessings to be a part of your life. God's economy is very simple. Give me the Jericho and I'll give you the AI. Give me the Jericho, I'll give you the AI. The reason the AIs are constantly losing is because we don't give him the Jerichos. Listen, those AI are the ones all of us stumble at and go, why can't we win the victory? Malachi chapter 3, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. At the very beginning I made a very bold statement. A believer is only as close to God as they are right on this subject. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Look at it, please. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your father, verse 7, are ye gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. Look at it. Here is the door from which you return. Saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Well, read more Bible. That's how you return. It's not what he's getting ready to talk about. Pray more. That's where you will return. It's not what he's getting ready to say. You know what he says? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. When you talk about getting close to the Lord, start with your finances and your tithing. Start from that point of repentance. Don't give up your bad music and don't give up your entertainment and don't give up your mistress and don't give up that guy. That's not where you start. You start with honoring the Lord with the Jerichos of your wealth. When you honor him with the Jerichos, you won't have a mistress. When you honor him with the Jerichos, you will very rarely have all these other issues. When a person decides to get right about their giving, what do they do? Three things, and I'm done. One, decide how much you robbed God. 10% is 10%. I'll be having the office. I probably will be doing this. I'm going to be mailing, emailing all of you your tithing, your giving records. It's time to get serious about the Lord. Y'all hear it? Time to get serious about our giving. Time to get serious about our giving. There's a man who watches us live stream. I even hesitated to say this. He is not even a member of our church. 
and he is the top giver. It's time to repent. It doesn't matter how much we can sing and how much we can do this stuff. The kids were incredible. But may they grow up knowing that that Jericho belongs to God. That Jericho belongs to God. First thing, decide how much you robbed God. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Add 20% to that amount. Mm, Somebody dropped the mic on that one. Look what the book says. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 28. I can't wait to see the YouTube thumbs down on this one. (laughs) Brother Aaron, when I'm on my way home, I know it's a good sermon, not by how many thumbs were up, but how many thumbs were down. Leviticus 27 verse 28. Notwithstanding, no devoted thing that a man shall devote unto the Lord of all that he hath, both of man and beast, and of the field of his possession shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy unto the Lord. None devoted, which shall be devoted of men, shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if, please look at verse 31. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. You don't get much more biblical than that. Here's what it means. At any time you determine that you needed that tithe to survive, and you made a conscious decision, I need that tithe to go on vacation. I need that tithe to party. I need that tithe to put a new whatever. Then God says you redeemed it. Now you add 20% to it. Simply put. Third thing. Come up with a payment plan to repay God. Come up with a payment plan to repay God. Start down the path. When somebody tells me, Pastor, that's crazy. No, it's not. You did it with your car. You did it with your mortgage. Come on now. It's time that we get serious about this with God. I don't want God to have disfavor with us. I want God's favor. I don't want to lose the AIs. I don't want to lose those little battles. We should be able to whoop everything walking right through it. If you're offended because I checked your giving record, I think you should be offended because God saw your giving record being developed along the way. And if you have more anger which means you have respect for me, you should have repentance toward God. This is out of season. It is so out of season. Please know you have a pastor who loves very deeply. 
But I love God a whole lot more than I love y'all. And I feel sorry for some of you that live on poverty wages according to your tithing. And I mean that. Oh, my friend, it's time to get right. Heavenly Father, I have done your bidding.